Welcome to the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. I'm Lauren Sweeney and I'm your host. Today in our journey, we're going to talk about avoiding burnout. We're going to talk about how self-care is not just another thing to do. And I'm excited. Before we begin today, I want to let you know that really this podcast is about you. Our company is about helping you become your best. We understand that it can be lonely being a leader, being an entrepreneur, and it's hard on your own. And that's why we bring you incredible guests and put together the best of the best. In fact, we want you to download your very own free Become Your Best Success Kit, 10 videos on confidence and public speaking, building success and emotional intelligence. It's completely free. And it even comes with a coaching call that our team will help you to understand and unlock your potential. If you haven't already, text RISE Podcast to 949. 949- 416-0671. That's Rise Podcast to 949-416-0671. Let's let the journey begin. Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Well, we're excited today to have Elizabeth Bishop on our show. She's the creator of the Conscious Service Approach. It's a research-based set of principles designed to enhance both the experience of service providers and the quality of the service they offer. Her professional background includes more than 40 years in human service. Her experiences range from facility to community-based services, from direct service provision to management and leadership responsibilities. She specializes in development services, brain injury, rehabilitation, and mental health programs. And she's taught at the post-secondary level for more than 30 years in programs. And it's vast from academics to education, professional development, training, and the like. Above all, Elizabeth is an avid learner for herself and those that she leads. And she's always working to develop and facilitate ongoing conversations of what it means to be of service through blogs and social media, workshop, online courses. And today we're also going to talk about her newly released this past spring book on how we avoid burnout and have conscious service and really make a difference. Elizabeth, we're honored to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. So you spent so many years being of service yourself, and I'm sure that you have some self-knowledge of maybe burnout and reframing our self-care and all of those things. Talk to me about some of the challenges you faced that led you to being able to really have this platform today. Yes. Well, I started uh, as a teenager, like, and I knew from a very young age what I wanted to do and, and, you know, that I, I wanted to work with people basically. Um, and as a teenager, I got involved in developmental services and went through school. And at that time, and I think it's, it's still true today, at that time, we talked a lot about the risk of burnout, the high risk of burnout in any kind of human service 
related work or healthcare field, those kinds of things. We talked about it, but we didn't really do much in terms of developing practices around that. So it was almost like, instead of it being a risk, it was almost like, you know, it's inevitable. You're going to probably burn out. And, and I remember hitting, you know, walls at different times, but significantly um, a little bit further on in my career where I really um, became aware of the fact that I had become disconnected from that original inspiration. And I was hearing myself saying, you just have to get to 430. You just have to get through the day. And I thought, holy, you know, what happened here? <laughs> you know? And so it was a wake up call for me. And that was a, a significant turning point where I realized that I had to start making choices that were aligned with what had meaning for me. And that kind of is where everything opened up for me at that point. And that, that was a good 25 to 30 years ago. And I have not faced burnout since then. It was a significant turning point. Yeah. You know, it's such a good reminder that the more we can have self-awareness and then have self-management, we don't have to constantly manage it. There's an, yeah. a new level. There's always a new space. You know, I did a podcast recently. We were talking about health and accountability. Some of it, it all feels hard when we're just initially beginning. It's like riding the bike. The initial <laughs> pedal strokes feels difficult, but then there really is not a coasting because we always have awareness, but there's a way it doesn't feel so arduous all the time. Yeah. It's, it's almost like we become open to some universal assistance, you know, the kind of the, what you can't see, you know, the intangible. And for sure, for me, I would say that the beginning steps were, were developing a self-reflective practice. And that ended up being the, the core of my research when I was doing my master's program. And after I got through that piece, I realized, oh no, it's way bigger than that. And the self-reflective practice piece that feels like work in the beginning to create the habits and the routines we're, we're really just methods to be able to get to a self-connected space that, of course, we move in and out of all the time, right? Because, I mean, there's times that the self-connected space is not a comfortable one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, we don't necessarily want to be there. <laughs> so, yeah. so it takes a lot of other kinds of, I, I think, you know, intentions, commitments, um, you know, willingness to see things differently, uh, ability to sit with things that are hard that kind of stuff. And so it, it, to me, it's an ongoing practice, not really kind of any destination necessarily, and certainly not um, anything that's about perfection. Yeah. yeah. I Let's talk about that for a moment. We have a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders that I'll, let's say I'm coaching them and I'll give them an action step and they often won't take action on it because that perfectionistic mindset. Yes. Thinking, you know, I'll just procrastinate and it'll go away or I'll get better or something. But that idea of activating, talk about your experience with not having it all be perfect and reframing what that looks like. Well, I think in the beginning for me, when I think about the self-reflective piece, you know, I was super curious. So I think that's what I had, you know, going for me and really wanted to understand a new way of being. So I tried out all kinds of different practices. I got into journaling and meditation and yoga and, you know, Reiki and reading and all of these different things to explore. And I think an exercise, and I think what happened at the beginning is that I had attachment to certain outcomes. So when I came, you know, when I got back from my walk, if I didn't have that clarity, if I still felt foggy or if the whatever was bothering me came back five minutes later 
or I merged from meditation and all I had done was just, you know, spin uh, on the hamster wheel in my mind, I felt frustrated because I was expecting this peaceful, <laughs> blissful thing to happen. And so I think what's helped me, it, you know, in reframing that is that it's just the commitment and the intentionality to show up to whatever it is. And one thing that I have learned is that no matter what, I don't feel worse. It doesn't make it worse to connect to myself. It truly doesn't. I've never, you know, even when I've been afraid of having a bottomless pit there, I've realized that that there is always a bottom naturally, organically. There's some place that we come to rest, you know, um, that we don't necessarily need to fear. But that doesn't mean that it's any easier the next time <laughs> when I'm in resistance again, you know. Absolutely. So let's say somebody's listening and they're thinking, well, yes, I mean, I'm experiencing burnout or I'm just exhausted or, and I recognize I haven't had great boundaries. I certainly move in and out of that space all the time. Our CEO Netta is just amazing with her boundaries and really consciously doing things not to reach that stage. It's one that I, I constantly work on. And, right. uh, you know, I'm a hyperachiever. I'm a little bit of a people pleaser. I'm working on that one too. <laughs> and so it's a constant uh, resetting of my boundaries, resetting of my values. What are a few great steps that I'm sure you talk about in your book that somebody could begin with? Well, you know, boundaries are like a hot topic when it comes to human services, for sure. That's a big, big topic of conversation for the whole time I've been in the field. Um, and I've been recently reframing that because sometimes I feel like the boundaries get really rigid and really it's this way or it's that way. And what I think is the truth of, of our lives is that everything is fluid. And some days we're way more open and other days we might not be. So I, I like to think in terms of self-responsive behavior. So if I start by tuning in and being intentional about what's going on inside of me and just being present to that and sitting with that, listening to it, and then responding to that information first, mm -hmm. then I'll know how to interact with people and situations around me. And some days I'll have more capacity and other days I won't. But in that self-responsive state, I'll, I'll know sooner <laughs> rather than later where I'm at. Absolutely. I love that. What it would be the next best step if somebody's listening, they're doing that. Let's say they're really working on let's pillar one of EQ. They're working on that self-awareness piece. Now they notice something that's off or unaligned or a habit that's not working for them. What do they do from there? Well, maybe you do something like what I did this morning. Um, I sort of received a bit of a curveball in the last 24 hours and and I could feel a lot of resistance and it was in my mind as soon as I woke up and I went and did my exercise and stuff it was just kept coming back and I noticed the resistance that I was in and so I kind of energetically said okay what happens here stays here <laughs> I don't want this energy to go out to anybody or to impact anyone I love or anyone else and I just let it out like I just mm -hmm. started talking as though you know so I think that was something too that I really looked at when I was writing the book is this idea of how we often want to go to other people that we see as being safe in order to bounce stuff off of. And I think there's, that's great. I think that could be a great resource, but I think there's something really powerful in allowing ourselves to um, process and feel our raw emotional energy first, like to just let ourselves have that. It often moves much more quickly than we think we're going to, 
You know, one of the other things that I've practiced when I really don't, when I feel resistance come up and I don't like what's happening um, is just saying, okay, I accept that this is what it is right now. And I just want to say out loud that I don't like it, <laughs> even to myself. I don't like this. I would prefer it to be different, but I realize this is what it is just to help to move the resistance. Cause I think the resistance is one of the, the biggest energetic pieces that creates so much suffering for us. And, you know, that, that makes it difficult to move beyond and sort of surrender things or open up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Well, let's shift the focus for a moment and talk about writing a book. Uh, is this your first book that you've written? Yes. Yes. And did you have to uh, utilize a lot of your, you know, not getting into burnout and having great uh, self-care and everything? Did that shift as you sort of birthed the book, so to speak? Yes, absolutely. It did. Um, and that's what I came to realize pretty early on that all of the what was coming through me, all of the information that was coming through me in this book was first for me, first and foremost, if it never got read by anyone else, it was for me. And every time I wouldn't really hit places of burnout, sometimes I would have frustration or um, confusion, you know, and then I would always just ask myself, can you leave this? Like, can you walk away and be okay? And usually right away it would be no. You're not going to walk away. It's not going to be okay. So, okay. So recommitment. So then I would kind of deepen my commitment to it. And then times when I felt um, frustration, often if I sat with it for a bit, I would realize that the very thing I was trying to work through to put into words was something that I wasn't practicing myself. <laughs> so it was like, I really had to walk it. Um, I really had to to live it and there's many times that i still forget or try to go back into that kind of um old story you know like i think that's another thing that's that i've really learned about and working with more and more lately is the the stories the storytelling the interpretation the old way of being like how we're so easily pulled into that even when we're really strongly committed to showing up in a say more enlightened version of ourselves. It, it's an, it's a layered thing, right? What do they say? It's like an onion. Absolutely. Well, let's talk for a minute about uh, how self-care is not have to be reserved for weekends and vacations. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. And this really came to light. I, um, I had the honor of working on a, a small research project in 21, 2021. And we interviewed uh, a number of people working in healthcare and human services out here about their lived experience, how they defined wellness and how they saw, um, you know, what their practices were and how they saw their organizations um, responding to their, to their well-being needs. And there was two key pieces in there. One of them was that people um, had a hard time kind of connecting the, um, integral role of joy and fulfillment as an element of our well-being and as a compass yeah. and i think that's super true and when we're working with human beings because it's almost like there's always this externalized i'm going to give i have to give and i'm you know all the time like that and we get we get disconnected from what's actually joyful and fulfilling but i think that was part of the original inspiration you know and so that was a key piece and the other part was that every single person who responded identified things like 
vacations, time off, mental health days, um, breaks and things like that. Nobody was able to say, this is how I practice being well in the work. And so this really highlighted that for me. And I think, you know, these, the idea of bubble baths on a Friday night, um, it is not going to cut it, you know, it just is not going to cut it or spa days. I mean, the, all those things are wonderful vacations. All of those things are important, but to me, self-care is about being self-responsive. So it's about noticing when we're having some inner struggle, when our emotional energy is difficult, when we're noticing pain in our body, when our mind is confused, we're dealing with something, whatever it is, and learning how to respond to ourselves because we are always respond to ourselves with love because we are always responding to ourselves. And sometimes we are very harsh. I mean, from my own experience, um, I certainly have had a harsh tone with myself over the years. So to, to be able to say, I understand where you're coming from and it's okay and everything's all right. And it's okay if you take the, the, the break right now or take a breath or whatever it might be to be um, present in the moment with how we care for ourselves as opposed to thinking, I just have to push through till 4.30 and I'll do it later. Yeah. I think it also goes back to our values. I love yes. to talk about, you know, values work and what are my values? What are the values of my company? Even if I am the CEO yeah. <laughs> or if I'm a leader in a company, where is the misalignment? And then exactly what am I really doing? What am I really passionate about? Where's the disconnect can help give us insight and talk to me, Elizabeth, about what we'll find on your website as well. Elizabeth Bishop Coaching or Consulting. ElizabethBishopConsulting.com. Yes. Well, when you go there, there's um, a, a number of things. There's uh, some different um, sort of a bit of background about the conscious service approach and what that's about and the different elements of that. There's a whole blog section in there. There's some previous uh, podcasts. I did a podcast for a couple of years and you can access that there. But there's also the space that you can find um, links to the book and uh, that you can reach out to stay in contact. And as well, I did post my, um, my research report from my master's for anybody who's interested in kind of going into the academic <laughs> underbelly of the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing work that you've really taken your experience working in the services field and then what you've been able to give to others. Well, we'd love Thank to you. ask sort of a closing question, and that is, what does Rise Up for You mean to you? Well, I think I feel like we've sort of been talking about it um, along the way here. For me, it really is about learning how to connect to ourselves, um, really being present and engaged and curious and interested, not in a self-absorbed way, but one of the uh, my favorite terms um, that I think I learned from Iyana Van Zandt, who's one of my favorite authors, she referred to it as being self-filled. Mm. And I love the idea of um, reciprocity, not transactional, but knowing that whenever we're interacting with anyone or even when we're present with ourselves, that we can learn to fill up and replenish those natural resources that when you talk about values and things like that, or compassion, love, empathy, all of those things, those are not man-made. So we can learn how to tap into that energy. And that's what, um, that's what rise up for you means to me. Mm, I love that. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Lauren. A pleasure for me too.
Oh, amazing. Awesome conversations for us as leaders in our daily life and at work. And we want to make sure that you got your Become Your Best Success Kit. It's absolutely free. If you haven't already, you can also go to our website, riseupforyou.com slash success kit and download the over 10 videos and workbooks to help you in becoming your best. Until the next time we meet, rise up for you.